Amen. Thank you, ladies, for leading so beautifully. We'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church on this special day. We pray that you can feel the presence of the Lord as soon as you came through these doors or drove on to this land. We are so grateful you're here. If this is your first time worshiping with us, either here in person or virtually, we'd like to welcome you. And if this is your first time, you'll find in each pew a QR code. We would invite you to go there and have a digital connection with us and fill out any information so we can send you more information about us. But we welcome you here. We welcome the presence of the Lord in this place. We pray that the songs that are sung and played, the prayers that are prayed, the spoken word would all touch your heart in a life-changing way. But we are so thankful to see all of you. And at this time, I'm going to invite all of you to stand if you're in this place. Greet one another with a wave or a sign language or however the Lord leads. Great to see you. Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Sing out!
standing as our worship team continues to lead. Yeah. 
may be seated. say a special thank you to Mary Rainwater, our interim children's minister who made that recording and our beautiful children. And, and moms, we want to say a special thank you and a special I love you to each of you. If you're a mom here today, would you mind to stand and let us show our love and appreciation to it? All the moms staying at this time, let's show our love and appreciation. We do love you, Mom, and we thank you so much for each of you, how special you are, and thank you for spending part of your Mother's Day with us here at the Forks. Every week, there's an opportunity for us to pray together, and this past week was the National Day of Prayer, but as I shared at the early service, every day should be National Day of Prayer because we need prayer every day and I hope that you would pray for our families pray for our nation pray for our world pray for a great move of God's spirit for revival and spiritual awakening for change of lives but at this time however the spirit leads I'm going to invite you you can stand you can kneel where you are but if you have a special prayer I invite you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer, may we pray together. Father, how great you are. We love you so much and words cannot adequately express 
our humble gratitude for everything you've done for us, most of all for sending Jesus to die on the cross to save us from our sin. And Lord, today we come with grateful hearts, thanking you for our mothers. Father, what an impact our moms have made on our lives. And Father, we thank you for all of our mothers who are here today. We thank you for moms maybe that have gone on to be with you, Lord. Thank you for the love and the legacy that they leave behind. Father, today we pray for each and every person here, every family represented. You know what's going on, God, in our lives, but yet you tell us to ask and it will be given to us. Seek and we will find. Knock and the door will be open. Father, we come asking and seeking and knocking today. Lord, we pray for folks who are hurting and grieving. Lord, we've had so many to pass in our church family, an extended church family. Father, we pray for Teresa Doris and Father, for Stacy Perry and the loss of Teresa's dad and ask that you would just comfort this family and love them into your arms, God. Father, we pray for so many others who are grieving. Father, we have so many in the hospital or recovering from surgeries, facing surgeries. We know you're the great healer and the great physician, and all things are possible for those who believe. We believe in your power, God, to still perform miracles of healing. Father, you're greater than cancer, and you're greater than heart disease. You're greater, God, than any obstacle we face. And we pray for your perfect will to be done. Father, we just pray that you would continue to bless this nation and that we would bless you, Lord, be with our leaders. Father, be with the president, be with our governor, be with, Father, all those in leadership positions. Give them godly wisdom and discernment. And Father, we pray for all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that, Father, soon churches will be filled again, people hungering and thirsting after you and fellowship with other believers. Lord, I pray today for folks that are battling depression. Lord, if there would be anything in me that would hinder your spirit from using me as a, a mouthpiece, as an instrument of your peace and love, cleanse me and purify me and forgive us, God, of our sin. We want to be more like Jesus. And I ask now, God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move in this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists. Father, speak through your word and your servant. And again, Lord, my prayer is that when I am weak, then I would be strong through Christ and through your spirit. Open our hearts, open our lives now, God, to hear your word in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.
It is great to see so many of you. This is the first time for some of you all to be back to church in over a year, and welcome back. It's so great to have you in God's house. And again, we welcome those who are worshiping virtually. Uh, however you feel comfortable, we are just thankful that we can worship together. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? We'll be reading one verse, and then I'm grateful that an ensemble from our choir will be coming. I'm grateful that you all are here today, and we hear you prayerfully. After the reading of God's Word, verse 6, Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the Word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you all for leading so beautifully. I always have loved that song. And in this very room, there is enough love and joy and peace and his spirit that's in this place. Thank you again for being here today. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning of the message to get us ready to hear more important things. But maybe you heard the story about the two children who ordered their mother one Mother's Day to stay in bed. Their mother lay in bed excited that she was going to be receiving breakfast in bed. A few moments later, she smelt the aroma of bacon coming from the kitchen. And, well, time passed and time passed, and it became a lengthy amount of time. And so the mother got out of bed to go down to the kitchen to investigate. And there were her two children eating bacon and eggs at the table. And one of her children said, Mom, as a surprise for Mother's Day, we thought we would cook ourselves breakfast today. <laughs> that was their gift, that she didn't have to cook breakfast. Okay. Most of us as children, whatever our moms prepared for us to eat, we ate it, didn't we? Most of us. If mom cooked bean soup and cornbread, then that's what we ate. If, if mom prepared potato soup, that's, that's what we ate. If it were bologna sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly for supper, we ate it. If it were peas and cabbage, the dog ate it. <laughs> I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. But the fact is, most of us ate what was prepared for us. As I was thinking about today's time, if someone does not like what's been prepared for the family meal, they just hop in the car and run down to Subway or Zaxby's or Chick-fil-A, and they get what they want, or at least at our house, that's sometimes what they do. But as an adult, I've thought more about those meals around the table, and, and I guess I've acquired some of the same taste buds that my mom and dad had. I don't know about you, can you think of some food items that you had a lot of as a child and now you have acquired a taste for it because that's what you ate? Or maybe some of you all ate so many soup beans or turnip greens that you're sick of them and you don't want any part of it today. But all through life, the fact is, and whether we like to admit it or not, we have acquired or learned a lot of things from our upbringing. And maybe you're here today, and the reason that you don't have a lot of joy in your life is because you were brought up in a home where there was constant fighting and constant strife. It's possible the reason you've never been able to give your child or family member a warm embrace or to tell them I love you is because you never experienced that in your home or your upbringing. So it's been difficult for you to be able to say I love you or to give someone a warm embrace. 
It's possible that the reason you are here today is because you were taught and modeled from an early age the importance of worship and being in God's house and having a love relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's possible that the reason you don't like to go to church very often is because you were forced to go as a child and maybe you were brought up in an abusive home and you have ill will and bad memories. And so when you're at church, it just reminds you of some of those bad times. But however you've come into this place today, I believe with all of my heart, God has a word for you and a word for me. Today we continue a sermon series called The Summit of Joy. And we've been looking at that great sermon that Jesus preached on the sloping hills of the Sea of Galilee called the Sermon on the Mount. And you remember that Jesus used to begin this message six, or excuse me, eight characteristics or eight beatitudes to help us crave the joy and the fulfillment that he offers for all who would receive it. Some have thought that this message was so demanding morally and ethically that it could not really be put into practice but Jesus was sharing with his disciples in a great crowd that had gathered that if you're serious about wanting to be a disciple of mine, then you need to take these words to heart and begin to live them out in your daily lives. So if you're here today and you're craving joy and you're wanting fulfillment in your life that you've not been able to find, I pray today that we would first hunger for the right things. Today we come to the fourth beatitude which says hunger, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. But we must hunger for the right things. Jesus used something that everyone could understand. Everyone could understand about hunger. I think about back in the early 80s, it was 1980, that the boss, Bruce Springsteen, had a hit song, Everybody Has a Hungry Heart. Do you all remember that song? Sing that with me. Everybody has a hungry... I was kidding, you don't have to sing it. You're going to be singing that tune all day now. But the fact is, we all hunger for something, don't we? Some of us hunger for food. We hunger for love. We hunger for acceptance. We hunger for social status. We hunger for popularity. We hunger to be the star on the team. We, we hunger for, again, wealth or success or purpose in life. We all hunger for something. And maybe you're here today and, and you've been hungering maybe for the wrong things. And we are to hunger for righteousness. Now, we can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 6 after God had created this world in which we live. And, and you remember that even then, folks stopped hungering for righteousness and they began to hunger for the world 
And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it said, And when the Lord saw the, the wickedness of the human race and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart were unevil all the time. You remember what he did? He decided to wipe the earth clean and have a, a two-over. And the only one and the only family that was able to survive it was Noah and his family, and they built the ark. And if you look in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, why was Noah and his family saved? It said Noah was a righteous Man, he was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. You know what we need today? We need more people who will walk faithfully with God. We need more people today who will be righteous, trying to do what is right, try to do what is God-honoring, try to do what is holy, try to do what is pure, try to do the will of God in our lives and walk faithfully with God. And I want to ask you today, what, what are you hungering for? Are you hungering for righteousness? Billy Graham in his book years ago, The Secret of Happiness, gave some stumbling blocks to righteousness. One is sinful pleasures. Now, the world offers you and me a light and tries to make it look really attractive. And so many people have deserted their relationship with God and righteousness to try to fill that craving with what the world offers. And I think about when Paul was in that Roman dungeon prison, that Mamertine prison, because of his faith and message in Christ, when he was awaiting execution by Emperor Wicked Nero that he said when he was asking Timothy to come see him, he said, for Demas, who had been a co-laborer and a fellow worker for the message of Christ, for Demas, because he has loved this world, has deserted me. Demas loved the world more than he loved the Lord and so he abandoned Paul when he needed him the most. Maybe sinful pleasure, and I'm not going to go down a big list. You know what your sin is. Don't most of us know without someone pointing out to us what we struggle with? The most of us know what our struggle is. Sinful pleasures can be a stumbling block, but also self-sufficiency is another stumbling block. Billy Graham said that the one who thinks he is full is the one who is most empty. The one who thinks he's full. In other words, some people are so full of themselves that they have no room for God in their lives. And we all need him, don't we? We can't save ourselves. It's only through God's grace. And if you've been trying to do it on your own, I don't need anybody's help. I, I've got it all figured out. Then the devil is just rocking you and me to spiritual slumber, putting us to sleep because we all need him. 
every single one of us, every moment of every day. We need him. Another stumbling block is secret sin. I'd be willing to say with folks here today that people struggle with some kind of secret sin. Maybe yours is envy. Maybe it's jealousy. Uh, maybe it's unforgiveness. I think one of the biggest things that we as Christians, or if you're longing to be a Christian, struggle with is unforgiveness. We say we love the Lord, but yet we can't forgive our brother or our sister or our mom or our dad or our neighbor or our co-worker. If we are serious, we are to forgive. Why? Because God forgives us. And we're to get rid of these things. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. If we want the forgiveness of God, then we're going to have to learn to forgive one another. That's how I read it, that we are to forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave us. Let me ask you today, are you really hungering after God? We all are to hunger after him more than anything or anybody else to hunger after him. Well, I am so grateful on this Mother's Day that I can tell you without batting an eye that God blessed me with godly parents and a godly mother who taught my three brothers and myself to hunger after God's righteousness, his holiness, his purity, his joy, his church, and to try to have our lives right with God so we can live a life right with others. I'm so grateful that my mom instilled that in me and my brothers at an early age. But not only instilled it, she modeled it. And parents, when I say that we have acquired a taste for the same type foods, we equally will acquire other attributes from you as well. Parents, if you show no hunger for righteousness and you show no hunger for God and his church and having a love relationship with him, then don't be surprised when your children don't have a hunger for him either. But if we train up a child in the way when they're young and the way they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart or turn from it. And I'm so grateful that my mom and my dad loved my brothers and me enough to teach us what is most important is to live a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. I'm so humbly grateful for that. And I'm grateful that my wife and I are trying to do the same thing in our home with our children we tell them all the time, your identity is not in basketball, it's not in golf, it's not in soccer, it's not your uh, achievements in the classroom, and all those are good and fine, but your identity 
is in Jesus Christ. That's where you'll find worth and meaning in your life through Jesus Christ. Today we are to have a hunger. Blessed are those who hunger, but it's got to be for the right things. And thirst for righteousness. And we're going to call this thirsting for spiritual things. We are to have a burning, yearning desire for the Lord and his righteousness more than anything, again, or anybody else. And I, and I think about the psalmist in that great Psalm 42, who longed to be back in the temple, longed to be back leading worship. And he said, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? I don't know about you, but over this last year and then some, I thirsted to see you and us worshiping together in God's house. Have you thirsted for that? You've longed to want to be in God's house. This psalmist was longing, thirsting to be back in the presence of God. Even in Psalm 63, verse 1, David said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He was longing to be in the presence of God. He was thirsting after God. And the unfortunate thing is that there are a lot of people today who are thirsting for the wrong things. There are many folks today that are trying to numb the pain. And they try to numb the pain by drinking alcohol, by doing drugs, or to have immorality in some form. That they, they try to numb the pain. They're trying to fill a craving that only Jesus can fill in the power of his Holy Spirit. Because you know what happens? When you fill it with things of the world and you desire for the things of the world, you're always going to feel empty. You won't be able to get enough. There's a God-shaped void in the hearts of people, and they try to fill it with everything but him, and as a result, I can't get enough. I don't understand why my pain's not going away. I can't understand why my situation is getting worse. I can't understand why my life is so turned upside down. People are craving worldly, material possessions and things. And again, some of you work hard, have made your uh, living, and you, you have nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you put it in front of your relationship with God, it becomes a problem. Jesus said later on in this great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust does destroy and thieves break in and steal, but rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then if you would read on down to verse 24 of Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. 
Either he will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Are you filling the blank? You cannot serve both God and whatever it is that you've been putting ahead of your relationship with God. It's not going to work. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, when Jesus said clearly, when he, and really he was talking in this section about worry and about what will I eat and what will I drink, what will I wear and all these things. And he said in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added or given unto you. I can't tell you how many times people have come into my office, couples or individuals, and they've said, my life is a mess. My, my spouse and I are at the verge of divorce. I, uh, my world's turned upside down. I can't tell you how many times I've asked them this question. Well, how's your relationship with God? And guess what the majority say when I ask them that? They lower their head and they almost whisper it out, not very good. And yet people wonder why their life gets turned upside down so quickly because we become so busy, we put everything and everybody in front of God, and then when we feel everything crashing down, we cry out to him and don't understand why he's not there like a genie in a bottle to make everything okay. And even when we have been faithful, it doesn't exempt us from hardship and pain. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I share this verse all the time, I've told you these things so to me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So we know we're overcomers. But let me ask you, where is Jesus? Where is your relationship with him right now? Are you thirsting after him, desiring him more than anything or anybody else? If not, he wants to be first place and all these other things will be added or given unto us. But lastly, we are to be filled with his goodness, his love, and his life. To be filled with his goodness and love and his life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I pray that today, because of what Jesus Christ did for you and me, and because of his sacrificial and unconditional love, we can be fulfilled. We can be fulfilled. We don't have to thirst for or hunger for anything else because he fills us with his goodness, with his forgiveness with his love and with his joy and with all the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He fills us with those beautiful fruit. But I think about what Jesus said in that beautiful passage 
John chapter 4, verse 13, when he was at Jacob's well at Sychar, when the Samaritan woman was at the well. Remember, Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never be thirsty. He's talking about the living water, eternal life. And then in Matthew, or excuse me, John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, when the people were wanting a sign, like when God brought manna to Moses and the children of Israel in the desert, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never thirst. And know today that he fulfills us. He, he brings filling into our lives. How can we be filled today? You can be filled, first of all, by acknowledging your sin to God. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At the early service, our worship team saying, no, not one, no, not no one is righteous, not even one. None of us. We all fall short. So today you must confess your sin. I ask Christ to forgive you, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you need his forgiveness today? You think you've messed up in a royal way and you can never be forgiven. That's the devil's lie. God loves you and he will forgive you. And all you have to do is ask. And then repent. Repent, I've been living like this, talking like this, treating people like this. When I repent, it's a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction. I'm leaving my old clothes here, and I'm walking in newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And then lastly, receive him into your heart. We read, if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Romans 10, 13, everyone Anyone, no matter who you are, who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the only way you're going to find fulfillment in your life. To hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you will be filled because Jesus paid it all for you and for me. I want to close by sharing two stories y'all have heard me share through the years, but it seemed appropriate with the beatitude we were talking about today. The first one is a story of being in Campbellsville, Kentucky, where my mom is from. I've shared with you all, I, some of my fondest memories are going down to Campbellsville to Miller Park for picnics with my family. And that seems like it was yesterday, riding in the back of my papa's pickup, old pickup truck, my cousins and I, my brothers and cousins I in the air hitting us so hard in the face, driving down the road, I couldn't even breathe. You know, I had to shut my mouth to be able to breathe because if it was open, I couldn't breathe, and it was probably open. And y'all didn't have to laugh at that. But And we were going to Miller Park, and, and I remember, like it was yesterday, seeing Papa and my dad and my Uncle Russell my older brothers, Tyringer, pitching horseshoes, clang, clang. 
my cousins and my brother Tim and I playing wiffle ball and running until we couldn't run anymore. And then to go over to the, the cooler or that styrofoam ice chest and pulling out a 16-ounce glass bottle of Pepsi. Man, I'm telling you, I've told you before, those were the best Pepsis I've ever had in my I would sit under a big shade tree at the park and look, 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 look. Man, I loved it. Sweat running down and Pepsi running down my mouth. And as I've thought back to that, Pepsis maybe were better then in the glass bottle. I don't know, but you know what made it so sweet? It's because all my family was there. There wasn't a care in the world. Laughing and playing and not worrying about all the craziness of the things that we have to worry about today. There wasn't a care in the world. I had parents that loved me and grandparents that loved me. And man, we just had the best time. Some of my best memories were at Papa and Mama's at Camelsville and then going to Miller Park. And then, second part of this story, I've shared with you my dad's mom and dad, my grandparents on my dad's side, we called Ma and Paul, Ma and Paul Lester. And any time we went to Ma Lester's, I've shared with you, you had to eat whether you wanted to or not. Ma, I'm, I'm, I'm not hungry. Ah, you can eat something. And Ma would begin to pull food out of the refrigerator, put it on the table. There'd be bottled RCs in the refrigerator and sweet tea that had about that much sugar gathered at the bottom of the pitcher. The sweetest tea I've ever had. And there... Ma would sit down, and I remember at family gatherings at Ma and Paul Lester's, how all the women would let the men go through the line first, and they all would wait, and then they would eat, and all the men would be in this room, and the women in this room. And my grandmother got her satisfaction by watching us get filled on her delicious food. Her love language was fixing all that food, and she was so pleased when she saw all of us cleaning our plates and cleaning out every bowl she put out. When I thought about that, it made me think about God the Father, how pleased he is when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. It brings him such satisfaction when he can sit back and see us hungering and thirsting after him and knowing one day we'll all sit at that banquet table together with loved ones who have gone on and be there. What a day that will be when we can all be there together. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. He wants to fill you with his life today, and all you have to do is ask and hunger and thirst after him, and he'll fill you up 
not only for here, but for eternity. May we pray together. God, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men and women or young people here today and they've never taken that first step to finding real joy and fulfillment in their life, I pray that today someone might pray a simple prayer in their own words. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that someone, adult or young person, could pray that for the first time, whether they're in this place or watching at home or on vacation, wherever they might be, they can experience that life-filling joy and, and forgiveness and love. Lord, maybe there's some folks that have been, they're Christians, but they've gotten off track and they've taken more of the world in instead of more of you and they feel empty inside. I pray, God, that some Christians would come back home to you where they would be received and welcomed and loved back into your presence. Or Lord, maybe there are folks looking for a church home. This sure is a special place and I believe we're on holy ground. And Father, if some folks are wanting to find a place where they can belong and be accepted and loved and we can grow together in your likeness, oh God, I pray that they might find a home here today. So, Father, may we right now just tune out any distractions just for a moment, not worry about our lunch or where we're going, but that we would listen for your soft and tender voice that calls us and draws us unto you. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand, and we're going to have a hymn of decision, invitation. It would be my privilege to pray with you or to talk with you about a decision. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks, but ask, is he satisfied with me?
Thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. Moms, thank you again for being here and leading us and many of our families so beautifully. And dads, we love you too, and, and certainly you're needed as well in the home. And before you go, I want to remind you of a couple of things. You won't be receiving any discussion questions today because we want you to spend quality time with your families. If your mom is still living, let her know how much you love her and appreciate her. And uh, for those of you who want to participate, every year on Mother's Day, we have baby bottles that are out in the foyer and you can pick one up, fill it with your loose change or cash. And this goes to Avenues for Women. And so we bring them back on Father's Day. So if you want to take one as you're leaving, collect change or again cash and then bring it back on Father's Day, we would love for you to do so. Don't forget to join us Wednesday night virtually at 6. In the near future, going to be revealing to you a plan of us getting back to more normal as uh, someone shared last week, and we joked before the service, said they don't want the new normal. They want things to go back as they were. Well, don't know if everything will be like it was, but hopefully we've all grown through it, and hopefully we've grown closer to the Lord. But I'll be revealing with you uh, what that plan looks like. Thank you for your continued patience. 
prayers, love, and support. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Have a wonderful rest of the day. I'm grateful that Jay Jacobs is here in Bill's absence. Bill is visiting with family today. Jay, thank you so much for being here to lead. Would you close us with a song today? Mm -hmm.